Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of My Dream Log Cabin Podcast. Excited to have you with us today. My name is Lindsay Sutherland, and I'm your host. And joining me today is Donna Peak. Donna is the editor-in-chief of Log and Timber Home Living Magazine. She's also the editorial director of Active Interest Media's Log Timber Cabin Group. I challenge you to say that five times fast. <laughs> Sounds really awesome. And I'm excited to have her with us today because she has 23 years of experience in this industry. And what's even more exciting and more relevant to you, our cabin lovers, is She's going to be here to talk about what's trending in the log home industry and what people like you are asking for. So it's really exciting. I'm happy, happy to have you here, Donna. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Lily. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. This is going to be so fun. I know when we connected at the log home show, it was um, definitely an exciting moment. We were both pretty jazzed and looking forward to this kind of conversation um, so I'm excited to bring it full circle here today and dive in as we're going to jump into what is trending in the log home industry. So tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, about the survey and kind of what you guys have been doing, because you guys have been doing this for quite some time, right? We have been doing this for a long time. I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of about 25 years, we have been conducting a biennial um, every other year survey of just what's going on in the industry. And we pull as many log home manufacturers, even timber home manufacturers, and other people that are in this world of, you know, log and timber frame homes. We ask them, you know, what are you seeing? What are the trends that you have, you know, emerging? What is on the decline? And how, honestly, how does business look? You know, what what is the demand? You know, what are people, you know, like clamoring to get one of these homes. There's definitely, we always kind of laugh about the, the, the way that TV and movies affect this industry because back in the early 2000s, when the baby boom generation was sort of entering into you know their 50s, there was a surge of log home interest because they grew up on shows like Bonanza and other shows that really glamorized you know, Little House on the Prairie, things like that. That really glamorized the rustic, you know, sort of Western lifestyle. And that, you know, long homes were sort of a very integral part in that. And now, you know, here we are in the 2020s and now we have Yellowstone and there's a whole new cadre of young people that have an intense interest in this sort of lifestyle because they're watching Yellowstone and it's doing the same thing for the 30-somethings and the 40-somethings that Bonanza did for the 30 and 40-somethings 25 years ago. So, so yeah, there's this whole new fresh audience that, you know, is loving this these types of homes, loving this lifestyle. And we've seen that. We actually do two surveys, I should say. There's the industry survey that we conduct and we also poll our readers regularly to find out what they're interested in. And an interesting thing happened in our poll this year is that our demographic for the magazine and the websites, it actually skewed lower in terms of age demographic than it has in a very long time. In fact, 54% of the people who completed our survey were under age 45. Usually our audience, I know, <laughs> usually our audience is, you know, in the 50s, you know, maybe just approaching retirement age, it kind of flows with that. But now there's this whole group, half the people that were interested in giving their opinion were actually under the age of 45. So 
Well, that was an exciting thing for us to see. And we attribute a lot of that to this new renewed excitement around that rustic wood home lifestyle. Yeah. Hey, cabin lovers, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Wood posts and timbers are damaged from sitting outdoors. Water is the enemy. Cabin posts and logs absorb water, creating wood decay and rotting. We put shingles on a wood roof to protect it. Nortex Copper Caps do the same for log home posts and timbers to help them last a lifetime. And they enhance the look with copper accents. We have multiple designs to match your log home. And we offer maintenance products like leveling jacks and copper kick plates for your doors. Prevent rotting while making your log home beautiful with Nortec Copperworks. From standard to custom shaped log ends and railings, Nortec has you covered. Text COPPER to 33777 for a link to our website. And now back to the episode. Interesting. That's really fascinating. I never really thought about the correlation between TV or movies and the industry, but it really makes a lot of sense. I think too, there's so much that's been changing in our society and people have this like innate inner calling, at least that was my case, to a drive, I suppose, you know, to go live in the woods and just kind of get back to our roots and live a simpler life. I just think so many more people are kind of we still want our luxuries, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I want to give up. I want to give that rustic, you know, and, and the best thing is that these houses aren't that rustic. We want the ambiance. Right. <laughs> well, you know, we we have kind of gotten really tired of talking about the pandemic, you know, and and the impact that it has had because, of course, we're all a little exhausted from that whole period in our lives. But it really did make people realign their priorities. And and it also gave the freedom to be able to pursue this, I think is another reason why this demographic is skewing a little bit younger is the fact that a lot of people can work from home now. They don't have to be tied to a city in their youth, the way that, you know, we historically think of people, you know, in a working environment, they can live in the woods and they can still, as long as you can get a decent internet, you know, signal then, or a decent cell signal, you can conduct business from anywhere now. Mm -hmm. And so people aren't waiting to make this happen. They're not waiting for retirement. They want to be able to enjoy their lives on their terms as soon as they possibly can. And Mm -hmm. You know, that's definitely a switch that we've seen into our our readers and and the people who visit our, our websites and our social media. That's exciting. I also yeah. think it's interesting because as we are going to continue this conversation, kind of having that little nugget in our minds, I think really plays into some of the other trends you're seeing. So uh, you were telling me something about traditional log homes versus more of a hybrid model and how this the statistics are kind of skewing in a different direction. You want to elaborate a little bit on that? So yeah, the there's a definite demand for hybrid home construction and increasing demand for hybrid home construction. I mean, the hybrids have been around for a long time and you know, there it's a little bit of a weird word simply because it can mean so many things depending on what the industry is. Of course, when you think about cars, hybrid means one thing. When you think about fruits and vegetables, either like are hybrid tomatoes, you know, that means something else. But at the end of the day, it just basically means multiple types of, in our case, you know, construction are converging into one home. And so that can look like a, you know, partial log home, like a full log wing of a home that's tied into maybe a timber frame or something like a, you know, conventionally framed 
inner structure of the house that's then clad in, you know, half logs, either on the outside and there's something different on the inside, or maybe logs on both sides. But, you know, a lot of it can be driven by local building codes, by, you know, energy requirements and certain things like that, or just, you know, desire, you know, because some people are looking for that level of diversity in their living environment. They want logs, but maybe they don't want logs everywhere. Maybe they want, you know, some timber and some drywall and some stuff in some other areas. So it's really driven a lot by what you're able to build in the location where you want to be, and then what you want to build in the type of home you want to live in. So the thing that, you know, we were a little bit, I wouldn't say surprised, but the numbers kind of surprised us when we did this poll in 2021, log home producers were saying that 26% of their business was in the, the hybrid sort of model. In the survey this year, it, that shot up to 57%. Wow. So that, that demand is definitely, you know, being driven by consumer preferences. And then the industry is responding to that by being able to provide exactly what those buyers are looking for. Out of curiosity, and you guys may not have asked this, but I, I'm just a generally curious person, so these things come up. But do, do, do you know if they're more interested in the hybrid with like a square dovetail look versus a round log, or do you guys explore anything like that? We didn't ask it in that level of depth. That might be something we want to consider for the future, so we know if there's a trend toward one or the other. I mean, so, some of it is driven a little bit by upkeep, future maintenance. And, you know, with a full log home on any full log home, whether it's square around or whatever, there is going to be some settlement that goes along with that and some adjustments that a homeowner is going to have to make as those logs sort of settle. That's one of those things that, you know, our audience gets a little nervous about, to be honest. And what we try to explain to them is that all homes settle. Like if you're in a stick framed house, like a normal brick, you know, brick and mortar house and, you look at your drywall and you have a nail pop that comes through. Well, that's your home settling. It's like all home settles. So it's not really anything to get really scared about. It's just something to be aware of. That said, some people just really don't want to have to deal with the foreign idea of trying to adjust a, a log home as it settles. And so, you know, they may be more of a candidate for a hybrid home where that's not as big of a concern as it is with full log home. Right. So I think that I don't really know how much it depends on the style or, you know, the log profile that they really care about one way or the other. I think it has more to do with, you know, long-term understanding of how to maintain the house. Right, right. Well, I just have to plug Caribou Creek here. <laughs> they have a solution to that. There you go. <laughs> I have to try it on myself. But it, you know, we have a non-settling design. They can get a whole yeah. log cabin and there's no settling. But it is true that a lot of people don't know that because there is that general misnomer that log homes settle. This is what you're going to deal with. So, you know, at least now they know that there's options, a hybrid home, or you can look at a full non-settling design and compare them and see which one suits your fancy. Yep. So on that note, another really interesting thing I thought was really cool, kind of, you know, we highlighted some of these discussion topics before we jumped on today. And I was really intrigued by the fact that your statistics are indicating that there's a pretty similar price per square foot between traditional homes and log homes. And I want to, I want you to elaborate on that, but I also am curious, 
if that is a comparison to hybrid or full log? I'd have to go back and dig into the research to see, and I can do that while we sit here and talk, but we looked at an average cost per square foot across the industry. And that covers, you know, the whole breadth of the log home industry from people that are providing handcrafted, full scribed, you know, the, the bigger diameter logs to those that are providing maybe like a six or eight inch mill log. It all depends on, you know, what the wood species is that is being worked with and what a particular manufacturer leans towards. You know, as you know, some are, you know, milled and planed and uniform. Others prefer like the handcrafted, every log is unique, you know, kind of situation. So across the board, it was interesting that, you know, there's there's been, and not unrightly so, that, you know, log homes are more expensive than your average, you know, regular stick frame house. But you know, over the years, over the past couple of years in particular, with rising costs, import tariffs that we were dealing with over the past year, you know, trying to get stuff in from Canada, dealing with import tariffs there, um, just general price increases based on availability or what have you, whatever the circumstances are, the cost per square foot for a full log home versus, you know, a regular custom construction home. We're not talking about like a tract home or, you know, that type of thing, but a true custom home. It, they're completely in line with each other, like literally within a couple dollars, you know, there, there's really no measurable difference between a log home versus a, a custom home that's not made of logs. So that was interesting because it just makes log homes a lot more competitive in the market, you know, where if somebody was looking at, you know, trying to decide they want a custom home, they have a piece of land they want to build on, they're trying to decide what they want to put on it. And a log home would be nice, but I just don't think that I can swing the cost. Well, now those costs are so comparable. There really is no difference. Mm -hmm. You asked me about whether it was log or hybrid, generally speaking, Hybrid homes, you can. There's a little bit of savings to be had there. Usually, they run a little bit less per square foot than a log home, but we always joke because I get this question every show I go to. They walk up to me because I'm impartial, right? I'm not tied to a particular company, so they're like, "So, how much does a log home really cost?" And it's the million oh dollar God. question. <laughs> I know, and so I always say, "I'm like, well, how much does a car cost?" And they say, well, it depends on the kind of car. And I was like, bingo, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing, you know, a, a log home can be as affordable or as expensive as you want to make it. You know, the, there is, you know, certain costs that are involved with the actual building materials, but the way that you, you know, fit and finish it you can, you can have solid gold fixtures if you'd like, you know, if you're really so inclined and drive up the cost per square foot, just because of the types of, you know, faucets that you're putting in the house. But, you know, so they're really, you know, materials to materials is where we are seeing the cost per square foot parallel, you know, where, where the two are really evening out. And then from there, it's up to the buyer to decide exactly how much that house is really going to cost. I'm really glad you said that, Donna, because I had done right around during COVID or right around that time, you know, we had reached out to one of uh, a builder we know here that does luxury homes. He's worked with us on some of them that were log, but most of him, most of them were not. And he actually told us at that time that we were less expensive. Which, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But that, and that was, you know, remember back when like building costs were just skyrocketing? Yeah. 
Well, what has happened, I think, and I'm grateful to hear that this is still in a line, even, you know, two, three years later, because although traditional building costs have come down somewhat, it hasn't been to what it was pre-COVID. But interestingly enough, log prices have stayed very steady. I mean, they've increased, but not nearly what this like the it's the two by fours and the plywood and all of the other things that go into insulation all of those costs have gone up so ex- ex- exponentially that yeah. it's really kind of worked in our favor so i think that's really interesting to see that that's still a trend right now and i'm i'm really happy about that <laughs> yeah, i have to think and i could be wrong about this but i have to think that part of that might have to do with handling because when you think about a builder getting two by fours to build a house, you know, he goes and gets them from the lumber mill who then get passes on an upcharge to the builder because they got them from the forest who, you know, the forestry company or wherever they're getting their materials from that had an upcharge, you know, and so those costs just keep getting exponentially larger along the way where most of the log home companies that I know there's not as many middlemen in between getting the raw material and then fabricating the the material into a house. You know, you don't have as many layers of upcharges as you would, you know, just having a builder go to the Home Depot that goes to the distributor that goes to the lumber, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's a good point. Also, another thing that we've noticed that I think adds to what you were saying is and I don't really see how this trend because in my mind I'm thinking if I build a custom home the finishes I would want would be custom or high end but there is a difference with the log home people really up level and a lot of times it's custom custom so like you know you want the antler chandelier well that isn't just something you go to IKEA for or right you know, <laughs> like something <laughs> place where you can even get and I'm I'm thinking back into my Arizona days in Scottsdale, you know, the nice finishing places where it's, it, it could be still a few hundred dollars for a lamp. I mean, now we're talking a few thousand dollars for, for a chandelier or something like that. There's yeah. a difference there. And it, it, it goes across the board with everything from counters to cupboards to flooring, you know, and all of that is where it gets really you start to see a real big increase. So something that we've talked about on the podcast, and for those of you listening, if you're excited about this, you really want to dive into, you know, a log cabin for yourself, just be mindful going into it and, you know, give yourself a budget. That's usually what we recommend. Give yourself a budget for your fixtures. Give yourself a budget for your flooring. And if you want help determining that budget, if you head over to cariboucreek.com right on our front page, um, we do have a budget built in where you can you can actually input what you want to spend and it'll tell you what percentage of your total should go to flooring should go to you know the logs and etc so that you can kind of really get clear on what you need to do and what you can spend in those areas so we, we do something similar in the magazine where in our buyers guides we do two buyers guides a year one's completely devoted to log one's completely devoted to timber framing and in both of them while we can't tell you how much to spend because we do get that cost question so often we started doing exactly what you're talking about where okay this is about how much you're going to want it percentage wise so you come up with your number how much are you really willing to spend okay once you have that number this is how much of that 
percentage is going to be eaten up by the log package. This is how much you want to make sure you allocate to countertops and everything that you just said. So, I mean, that's at least, you know, helpful for them to try to wrap because it is a hard thing. There's so many things when you're building a custom home that you don't even think about. You have to choose everything right down to the handles that are on your, you know, cabinet. Every little thing needs to be considered. And that can get a little overwhelming, you know, unless right. you're prepared for it. And, you know, these kinds of tools that we're talking about are a great way to to prepare. When you said about budget too, one thing I wanted to bring up that is just kind of funny and, and I don't really know why people do this, but they, when they approach a company, when they're looking to, you know, really talk, you know, talk numbers, they let's say they have a building budget, a total all-in budget of $400,000. Well, they might go to the company and say, yeah, my budget's $300,000. You know, they, they feel this need to sort of lie <laughs> about their budget or at least not be completely truthful about how much they're really willing and able to spend because they feel like if they tell you and you, you know, the greater you that, you know, this is how much I have, they're somehow going to get taken or, you know, they're going to be out to just spend every bit of that. But that is such a disservice to everybody involved, whether it's your law company, your builder or whomever, because if they think that that is the budget that you're working within, I know one of the builders that I talk with frequently, you know, he's really good on the fly. Like he's a, he's a, the kind of builder that will make recommendations in order to be able to get a customer, you know, exactly what they want within their budget. So if he thinks that you only have a, you know, $300,000 budget that you have really $400,000, he's going to make recommendations based on that $300,000. And there's a very good chance you might be disappointed in that house or feel like, you know, you didn't really get everything you wanted, but how could you when everybody that's involved doesn't really realize what your true budget is? So we always advise everybody, just, just be honest. You know, nobody's really out to get you, you know, nobody's really like to try to, you know, take more than you're willing to give, but, you know, just, tell somebody, okay, well, I have $400,000 to work with. I'd like to stay closer to 300 or 350, but I do have this contingency. So then if there are trade-offs or things that have to happen, at least everybody that's involved knows that there, there is money there to work with. It's so true. That is a really good point. I, you know, you mentioned the car analogy earlier. A lot of my background was in the automotive industry. And I think that people are so used to buying cars yeah. Where yeah. I think that's is, what it from. You know, you know, they're going to try to raise your limit every day, but it is very right. different. It is very different. The builders much would, would much rather give you what you want than just try to take your money. That's really just a, such a different mindset that people. That are- yeah. I mean, the car dealer, like you said, you know, they're just going to, you drive off the lot and then it's like, okay, see you, you know, okay. but you know, dealing with building a custom home, you're actually building relationships. You know, you have to trust your builder and your builder has to trust you, you know, and you have to trust that everybody that's involved in the process wants a good outcome for you. Nobody wants a bad outcome. So they want to make sure that, you know, you're getting everything that is feasibly possible within the confines of what your budget actually is. So it doesn't do anybody any good to, to not be honest about that. And that is even true when you're doing the design phase. That's really especially yeah. true in the design phase because yeah. that's where a lot of those little things like <laughs> add up quickly or could be easily added 
in the design phase and maybe not be as expensive as somebody might think, you know, like there's just so many layers to it. So a hundred percent. Yeah. I was going to ask you what, so tell me more about the magazine. Kind of what, what do you guys, how do you, how often do your episodes or your, I call them episodes, look at me. (laughs) (laughs) How often do you produce the magazine? What are certain months that they should really be looking for? Cause I'm pretty sure this is a really prime time too, isn't it? Like the time everybody's looking at log cabins coming up in the winter and around Christmas yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Christmas time is kind of funny because your focus isn't really on the, like getting a house, <laughs> you know, it's like, nobody's really looking to move or looking to kind of take that financial um, thing on when you're also trying to shop for the holidays. But as soon as, you know, December passes, that's when, you know, it really, you know, people are most of the country, you know, is, is in some level of winter, you know, unless you're really fortunate enough to live in the Florida Keys, then, you know, you're probably not experiencing winter like the rest of us, but, you know, there's some level of hibernation that happens in January, February. So it's, there's no better time to sit down with a magazine and just kind of, you know, curl up. It's funny, you know, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of People think, oh, you know, print is dead. You know, there's no room for magazines and in today's, you know, internet driven age. But another thing about the survey that we do is we ask people, how do you prefer to get your content? And even though the survey is conducted digitally, it's completely an online survey. The majority of the people that we surveyed prefer to get this kind of content in print. It's like neck and neck with online. And the reason is because and it kind of makes sense, you know, long and timber frame homes, they're very tactile experiences. You know, it's its something that you want to walk up and touch. And it's, the print is the same way, you know, I mean, you just can't curl up with your laptop or with your tablet. It's just not the same experience. So people use our media for, you know, a variety of different things. So when it comes to print, it's very inspirational. And so we, we know that and we tried to make sure that we've got big photos full of details. We draw attention to as many details as we possibly can and really kind of get you immersed in the the photo and the experience of the home. And then with everything that we put online, it's more of like a nitty gritty down and dirty. I need to know, you know, what, what do I do, you know, with, you know, how do I insulate my roof in a log home? You know, it's, it's something very driven by the need to answer a question where, you know, in print, it's like, how do I really get the home of my dreams and and what are other people doing and how can I find that level of inspiration? So those are the ways that we use. And then our social media, we put everything out there. You know, it's like we put out questions and answers, you know, that people are asking us in real time, links to particular articles that seem to have some traction. And, you know, if people are coming to us looking for this particular answer. Maybe you are too. So we throw it out there so people are aware that we can answer these questions. And then just, you know, links to gorgeous photos like the homes that you produce. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> there, is, there is definitely something about a magazine and like being able to, even when you're just touching the paper, you can almost feel like you're experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an experience for sure. 
Plus, yeah. I love the idea of cutting them out. I have one right here on my wall. <laughs> like I'm living in my dream home. This was my dream home. But at now after working at Caribou Creek, I have like a level up dream house. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how that happens working in this kind of industry? It's like, oh, I love my house, but I could do this or I could do right? that. Or okay. <laughs> so I have, I've drawn out my whole floor plan. I have my picture on my wall. <laughs> like I have no pictures on my wall except this one because this is where I'm headed, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's dangerous. It's it dangerous. is good. It's good. It does. <laughs> Maybe you have it all figured out. Somebody else does something cool and exciting, and then you're like, "Ooh, I could do that." <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's what that's what magazines are the best about. So, how often do you guys uh, produce a magazine? How how frequently can people look for them on the shelves? We we have eight regular issues. Well, we have six regular issues and eight throughout the course of the year, but those two um, extra issues, those are the buyer's guides that I mentioned before. So our September issue is completely dedicated to log room information. Our December issue, which we're getting ready to print in about a week and a half, uh, is dedicated to timber frame information. And then the other six issues throughout the year combine both log and timber frame into one magazine. So we cover everything, like I said, from inspirational stories of people who have already, you know, built their dream home and are living that dream and are you know, just thrilled pieces about that and sort of how that comes together. And we even try to cover some topics for those people who are living, you know, in a house. So, you know, we have landscaping ideas, maintenance ideas, you know, design ideas that are both interior decorative as well as some structural because we do have a new crop of people who are adding on or renovating. Renovation is actually a really hot thing right now. A lot of people are looking to renovate or add on to a home that they currently own or build an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit, which is like a guest house, you know, for lack of a better word, out in the back. Of course, you don't really have to use it as a guest house. It could be for an aging parent, for a boomerang kid, you you know, just trying to keep the family together. Family compounds are huge now. And I don't know if that is sort of a residual effect of the pandemic as well, where people want to have their families close, but maybe not within the same house. They're buying big tracts of land and divvying it up among themselves and their kids. And they're all within, you know, like a couple acres of each other, they might buy like a five acre tract and, you know, put two or three houses on it. So that's a big trend that we're seeing as well. Lots of interesting things that are going on in this industry, considering, you know, how many hundreds of years log homes have been around and you think they don't really fundamentally change all that much, but and in some ways they don't, and that's the beauty of them. But in a lot of ways, you know, today's buyers are just, and, and the designers and architects and manufacturers are all getting so creative about how to take what essentially is just another building medium and, and turning it into some really exceptional architecture. It's just amazing. Wow. That is so cool. You just made me feel so excited about this industry even more. I've been doing this for a long time and I still look at these places and I'm like, wow. <laughs> What is it about them? It's so captivating. I 100% with you on that. Well, Donna, if people want to subscribe to the magazine now, what's the best place for them to go? We have a couple different websites, but I'll just give you one that's the easiest. It's just go to loghome.com. And when you get on that main page, right up in the upper left-hand corner, there's a button to subscribe. You can go up there. 
So that, that's the easiest way. You can find us in you know major bookstores, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, all that stuff. You can find us in some select grocery stores. Weirdly, like a lot of grocery stores aren't carrying newsstands the way that they used to. So we're kind of in selected areas. So you may or may not find us there. But if you go to a, any bookstore, you should be able to find us there off the shelf. But really subscribing from our website is the easiest way to ensure you're going to get your copies. I mean, that's that's the no fail way to make that happen. Excellent. This has just been an incredible episode. I'm so grateful we connected and that we are having this conversation. Yeah. I look yeah. forward We're to it. Yes. <laughs> this is fun. Wow. Yeah.